Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) Here we go again. It's wonderful. It's marvelous that you should care for me, that God should care for all of us. It's wonderful. It's marvelous. And I'm so glad we're joining together to remember the truth of our being. Truly, this is a time of our blessings because we are joining together by means of this technology. So let's begin with a prayer, as we always do. Hand on our heart. So grateful. So grateful that we are choosing to turn within. So grateful that we are giving ourselves this gift of prayer. Prayer being a power tool that is transformative, healing, nourishing. So grateful and so thankful that this is so. So grateful to allow ourselves to experience the fullness of love. So grateful and so thankful to dedicate ourselves in this very moment to relinquishing all attachments to the causes of worry. We are grateful and thankful to let go of the causes of fear and doubt and worry and anxiety, any and all upsets. We're giving the causes over to the Holy Spirit. We're saying, Take them out of our minds so we never experience them again. We're done with being upset. We're done with bouncing from painful memory to painful memory. We're done with living in lack and limitation and feeling that something is wrong with us. We are completely done with this experience of suffering. And so we are willing to stand up and be the teachers of God that we are designed to be. We are willing to be the great lovers of life that we are designed to be. We are willing to experience our true and natural self and let everything that is false dissolve and resolve away. We give it to you, Holy Spirit, for healing. We allow ourselves to relinquish the pain and suffering here and now. This is the moment now. Guide us, lead us, show us the way. We are so willing and we are so grateful. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes, we are willing to have the peace of God. It's already pre-installed. It's already there. The spiritual qualities of life are our true identity. Just like the different aspects of light, the whole spectrum of light, the red, the yellow, the orange, the green, the purple, the blue, all the spectrums of light are contained in that white light. All the spiritual qualities of God are our essence and being. So love, joy, freedom, peace, harmony, prosperity, wholeness, wisdom, clarity, all of these abundance, they're all the spiritual qualities of God. They are the truth of our being. And we are no longer interested in holding the thoughts in our mind that block the flow of these spiritual qualities. Seek first the kingdom, which is within, and all else will be added unto us. So when we seek the kingdom first, it's like looking under the trash heap of all the beliefs and ideas the opinions and judgments that we've collected over the years. Underneath that junk, the stuff that we made up, still remains the pristine, the pure peace of God. Our true identity is love. I was sharing about that last week. 
So this is what we're doing. We're cultivating the willingness to take out the trash. And you know what? As I say that, because I say it all the time, we don't even have to take the trash out. What we are being asked to do is simply to be willing to let the trash be taken out of our mind. The Holy Spirit will do the heavy lifting if we allow it. We don't have to figure out how. Our job is to allow. I was just talking about this in my prayer power class. I'm doing a prayer practitioner training four modules on prayer, and we're just getting started. We don't have to figure out how to have the peace of God. We just have to be willing to allow the peace of God. So A Course in Miracles, one of my favorite things is it says, ask and it is given because it already has been given. So these spiritual qualities have already been given to us, but How can we have the peace of God when we are so interested in attack thoughts? Attack thoughts directed against ourselves and others. How can we have the peace of God when we're harboring attack thoughts? It's not possible. Just think about it, right? Just think about how can you prepare for war and expect peace? Right? Uh, Course Miracles says, and uh, Gandhi said it essentially, and Course Miracles says it this way How can you say you want the peace of God, but you're not willing to employ the means to get it? So, the means to experience the peace of God, which we already have is to let go of all the blocks to peace, right? So Course Miracles also says, don't seek for love, seek not for love, but seek within yourself for the blocks to love. Don't look for love outside of us. Don't look to get love. Be willing to be love. So don't look to get peace, because peace is not conditional. Just like love is not conditional. Peace is only possible when we are willing to be peaceful in our thoughts, in our mind. And if we're not willing, well, we can't experience the peace of God. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. (laughs) Our topic today is how to have peace instead of worry. And this is... A goal we can accomplish. We can experience it. And I'm so grateful for that. Good Lord. Isn't it wonderful? Yes. 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 We have to choose it, though. Of course we have to choose it. And so often we don't. Because I can remember so clearly my habit of ignoring and denying the voice for God. So, for instance, I would be triggered by something, feeling frustrated, irritated, upset in some way, shape, or form. I often went to anger because my hurt felt so deep. I felt like I was an open, gaping wound, and my protection was my anger my irritation, frustration, feelings, right? So the the anger that I felt was basically like, think of a growling dog. You know, if you see a a growling dog in front of a house, you're going to think, yeah, maybe I don't need to go to that house. I'll go to the next house (laughs) where there's not a ferocious dog out front. So that was the purpose of my anger, to keep people away from me, to warn them that I was an attack dog and that I would have no problem hurting them, biting them, frightening them. And I intended to be that way so that people would think 
not just twice or thrice, but they would basically be forewarned. If you threaten me, I will take you down. I mean, that really was my mindset. It absolutely was my mindset. And um, I intended to walk in the world as a somewhat ferocious person. But deep down, I felt very sad and very hurt. And in fact, when I came to A Course in Miracles, which was after I had been studying spiritual texts for way over a decade, um, for many years, and done a lot of study. In fact, I came to A Course in Miracles when I was just finishing my ministerial studies. So in my science of mind practitioner ministerial studies, that was nine years. And then and I had been studying spirituality for a decade before I went into all of that training. So, you know, I'd been <laughs> basically almost two decades at this before I started with A Course in Miracles. And I think it made perfect sense to me right in the beginning because of all the work I had done, but also because I had started my own personal practice of nonviolence, studying the work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and Mahatma Gandhi, and a teaching about their life and work and teaching about nonviolence. So that active practice of nonviolence, I was literally writing about it every day and sending out emails of ways to practice nonviolence. So I had written a few hundred, a couple hundred of those ways to practice nonviolence before I picked up A Course in Miracles. And the ways to practice nonviolence that Spirit gave me and showed me very similar to A Course in Miracles practices, just completely different languaging, completely different, of course. And I didn't write anything in iambic pentameter. (laughs) But I wasn't channeling it. I was just contemplating it and living it. And so the living of it is what transformed my mind. And then right around the time that I found A Course in Miracles, uh, I, I, I seriously deepened my practice because I was confronted with my mother's terminal illness. And she and I had had a difficult relationship uh, my entire life. And I determined that she would not leave this world until all that had been resolved. And the only way that I knew that could happen was if I completely turned it over to spirit. And I did. And that practice, working that practice in my relationship with my mother and myself and working it 24-7 for years... That is what really transformed my mind, and that's what that was right at the time I found A Course in Miracles. So everything works together, it really does. And it's so much about our willingness. Are we willing to give up our worry? Because if we give up our worry, here's what the thing is let's say, because this is a common thing that. I, I work with people who are uh, coming to me for spiritual counseling that people are worried about their children, their adult children, or they're worried about their career, or they're worried about their health, right? They're worried about all these different kinds of things. They're worried about their marriage, or they just feel really depressed and things like that. So there's a lot of worry in there. So let's just take an example. I'll I'll use an amalgam of different people that I've worked with over the years because it's been, you know, so, gosh, so many. Um, But let's say a typical thing is a, 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 a person is worried about their adult child. 
that their adult child is a drug addict, their adult child is not succeeding in their marriage, not succeeding in their career, their adult child is depressed, their adult child has Lyme's disease or things like this. They, they are struggling in their life, right? This is really hard for a parent. Um, and it's, it's, yes, it's super challenging when the child is four, six, eight, ten, twelve, but it's also super, super challenging when the child is 32, right? And they're supposed to be flourishing in their life, right? They're moving out of the time of finding their way. They've found their way more and now they're going to take off right and really this is the time when the the princess is moving into becoming a queen and the 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 uh prince is becoming a king you know it's that kind of stage of life but if that's not happening or if the child the adult child is in their 40s and it didn't happen it's still not happening this can be a, a cause of great concern. And I have talked with many a parent who, when they were raising their child, who's now 30s, 40s, 20s, whatever it is, when they were raising their child, they were in a very dark place themselves. They were in unhappy marriages. They were, uh, they, they were depressed. Uh, they were alcoholic, drug addicted themselves. Uh, they were in a big mess of their own when they were raising little ones. And so now those little ones are adults and those adults are struggling in their lives. Very common thing that people worry about. They feel tremendous guilt, tremendous guilt. And then they, they have all this judgment against themselves, right? Um, for and regret for, for the choices that they made back then. And so there's all this going on in their field. And so as Ernest Holmes said so beautifully in his textbook, The Science of Mind, he said that worry is the negative use of our imagination. So succinct and helpful. So in these circumstances, the adults are worrying about their children. They're using the negative use of their imagination to imagine more bad things happening. And that is the cause of worry. It's using the power of your mind to envision what you don't want and you don't like and what you fear. And that is the cause of worry. Well, I'll, you know, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to say it's the experience of worry. And the cause of worry is placing our faith and trust in our own opinions and judgments, in our own discernment, rather than placing our faith and trust in spirit. Right? So the way to have peace instead of worry is to have trust and faith in spirit. And when your child or someone you love is going through a difficulty, what if, go with me on this, what if the whole purpose of it is for everyone around them to have an opportunity to develop trust and faith? So when my mother got a terminal cancer diagnosis, my, my brother, my father, my mother, they got very worried. They were very fearful because they kept imagining she was going to die soon, soon, soon. That's what they kept imagining. But I didn't want that result. Of course, they didn't want it either. But I knew the power of the mind. So I just kept envisioning her getting healthier and stronger and happier and more vibrant, more healthy. And I kept imagining that our relationship was becoming more loving, more peaceful, more, more harmonious. And that took time, energy, and attention. I had to have great willingness. 
And there were many times during that experience when I would feel frustrated with my mother's choices. I didn't like her choices. I thought she was not making the healthiest choices. She shouldn't eat that cake. She shouldn't have that bourbon. She shouldn't do this. She shouldn't do that. She should do this. She should do that. I had all these opinions and judgments. And I remember one time my brother said to me, very angry, you have to stop saying what you feel and think about mom's doctors and the choices that she's making because she is putting her faith and trust in these doctors. And if you undermine that, it's not helpful. She needs to be able to have faith and trust in her doctors. And I realized he was right. That even though my opinion and judgment was that, oh, this is not a good thing. Chemo's not a good thing. This is not a good thing, blah, blah, blah. If she had faith in it, it didn't matter. That would override the physical experience. Why would I keep imagining that this wouldn't be good for her? That's not helpful to her. You see, we are not a body. And that was part of how I really got that. That I was not being helpful by holding all this negativity about her experience of this illness. And so... I had to actively remember that everything works together for good and there are no exceptions. I had to, every day, actively remember that mind-wandering is not helpful, that I need to hold the vision of love and light and wholeness, and to know that my mother is divinely guided, guarded, and protected. It was my job to release all my judgments and to realize that every time I got triggered, it wasn't about what was happening now. It was about my belief system every single time. It was about my belief system. And my belief system was really not my mother's fault. And I didn't need to project it onto her. She didn't deserve that. Even if she had projected her belief system onto me my whole life, she did not deserve me doing it back to her. So, it was a time of mind cleansing, giving the trash in my mind to the Holy Spirit. And many times I got down on my knees and I just said, the only thing I knew to say, Holy Spirit, take these thoughts out of my mind. I will not think them. I will not allow them to have residence in my awareness. I will not think these thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. They are no part of me. I do not want them anymore. I'm done with them. I am a child of God. I am a creature of love and light. That's all I know. That's all I wish to know and understand is the truth of my identity. Remove all these false beliefs and thoughts from my mind. I will not entertain them anymore. My mind is a safe place for everyone. I am open-hearted. I am compassionate. I am loving, I am kind, I am generous of spirit, generous of heart. This is the truth of my identity. I will not entertain the false anymore. I choose the truth. I choose to put my trust and faith in love and nothing else, nowhere else. And I am so, so grateful that I can turn to you to remove these thoughts from my mind, and you will do it. And I thank you for my healing. I am so, so grateful for my healing. I accept my healing now. And I share the benefits with everyone, because I know it is done. I know you cannot fail. And I give the task to you. And so it is. Amen. 
Amen, amen. And I did that over and over and over and over again throughout my day, day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year. And it worked. Our willingness is all that's required. I don't know how to take these thoughts out of my mind, but I knew that Spirit did. I knew that the higher Holy Spirit did. And that is the teaching of A Course in Miracles. And it's time for me to go to a break. I'm just going to mention after doing that prayer, I thought, let me just remind you that my prayer power class is on right now. And you can come join us. People are loving it. So check it out at jenniferhadley.com. And if you listen to this much later, you can still get it all on replay. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. We're talking about how to have peace instead of worry. What a good trade. And we do have to be willing to make that trade. As Jesus tells us in the fear and conflict section, I refer to so often in A Course in Miracles text, he tells us, don't ask me to take away the fear, ask me to take away the causes of fear. So that's what I was talking about right before the break, is praying in that way, partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self. Our willingness really is the only thing that's required. And if we're not praying, if we're not partnering up, our willingness isn't real, right? We're still thinking we're on our own and we have to figure it out. Now, if if you're going through the text and you're going through the lessons, as you get further along, you really do, if you're working it, right? A lot of people just read it. You know, and it's, it can be charming to read. It can be confounding to read. But um, many of us go for a long time where the ego's in charge of our spiritual practice. I certainly did that. And I was constantly comparing myself to others. They're ahead of me. They're behind me. And it was just a fool's game, really. It just is an ego game. And uh, hearing conversations about, oh, my teacher has the ability to walk on water. Oh, well, that's great. That's so great. Walking on water is an important step in spiritual growth. But my teacher invented water. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it's wonderful to be able to walk on water, but to be able to make water out of thin air and you can have an unlimited supply of water, that, that's really, I'm, I'm not saying my teacher is better than your teacher. I'm just saying I really like having a teacher that's at that level. Right. I mean, of course, I'm being facetious. I'm joking. But these are the kinds of conversations that spiritual students will have. And it's so ego based. And look, we all go through it in a sense. Right. We're all one. So, yes, if anyone goes through it, we all go through it. So it's out there in the field rather than look at it and go, that's ridiculous. Or look at it and go, those people are morons. Or look at them and go, oh, God, that's so old paradigm. Right. Which we've also done. Instead, we can say they're on the path. They're on the journey. They're they're in that that place. And in a, in a moment, they can go quantum leap, right? Quantum leap means you make a leap without traveling. You just go from one place to the next. And that's the thing that we can do. We can move in the invisible field of love in our mind, make a quantum leap in our awareness, travel 
without time, without distance, without space, traveling in our awareness from a limited awareness to an expanded awareness. It happens in a moment. That's the holy instant, right? So this is what we aspire to. Holy Spirit, I'm available for a holy instant. I'm choosing a holy instant. I am here for the holy instant. And it really does require our willingness to see our brothers and sisters as perfect, whole, and complete. And we can't do that while still harboring the trash thoughts and thinking we're right about how wrong that one is or how special that one is. It just gets in the way of our holy instant. Yep. So in uh, chapter 18, section 3, paragraph 7. Oh, I'm going to back up. Paragraph 6. See, if I even look at the paragraph before, I immediately say, want to go, oh yeah, that one too. And, and that one too. And that one too. It's because it's just all so yummy. So paragraph 6. In your relationship... It's constantly talking about our relationship because that's the best tool that we have to achieve our goal of liberation. So in your relationship, you've joined with me, right? With the three or more gathered because spirit is there in the midst, right? Jesus is there with us. We're two or more gathered in my name. And only one of us has to say, name Jesus or be intent on the healing, the love, right? The other person can be oblivious to our aspirations of healing and holy relationship. The other person agreeing is not required because we're one mind, one life, one power, one presence. So in your relationship, you have joined with me, Jesus says, in bringing heaven to the Son of God. What is the Son of God? All humanity. Who hid in darkness, right? In your relationship, you have joined with me in bringing heaven to the Son of God who hid in darkness. You have been willing to bring the darkness to the light. And this willingness has given strength to everyone who would remain in darkness. Those who would see, will see. I love that. So, those who would see, will see. It reminds me of uh, the statement I learned from Michael Beckwith, where he says, when you believe more in what you don't see than what you do see, you will see what you don't see, and you won't see what you do see. And that's what Jesus is referring to here. Those who would see, will see. And they will join with me in carrying their light into the darkness when the darkness in them is offered to the light and is removed forever. So in the prayer that I made for us before the break... Because when I pray for myself, I'm praying for everyone because I'm one with everyone. In that prayer, I was making this offering of the darkness and offering it to spirit, saying I'm no longer interested in it anymore. It doesn't serve me. I'm a creature of love and light. So those who would see will see and they will join with me in carrying their light into the darkness when the darkness in them is offered to the light and is removed forever. So you see, by making that step and affirming it thousands of times, because I did and I continue to do it, but I don't need to do it constantly like I did when I first started. But offering the, the dark thoughts in me, the places where I've blocked the light, 
offering them to Jesus, to the higher Holy Spirit self, to bring the light in. Then, you see, we, we reach a tipping point where there's more light in our awareness than blocks to the light. And then he's telling us we can go back to, in a sense, the darkness of the world and be the bringers of light. All right? And we can actually then be truly helpful and serve the light by bringing the light to the, the world of darkness. And remember, the world of darkness is simply this. It is simply a refusal to acknowledge the light and to cherish something that appears to block the light, which can only happen in this, this world of illusion, right? And that's, this world is a journey. It's like a fun house that's sometimes not so fun, right? Sometimes it's horrific, it's just horrific. I, um, I'm in Vermont now. I've just moved into a house in Vermont. I'm in a tiny, tiny little town in the Green Mountains of Vermont uh, where I've been coming for um, 14 years uh, to be with my teacher, Venerable Dahani Oahu, and to participate in things with the Sunray Meditation Society at the Sunray Peace Village in Lincoln, Vermont. So I've rented this house, just moving in. Uh, I'm going to have to get furniture. I was thinking I might have a housewarming, online housewarming. <laughs> um, hey, what are you going to do? Right? So um, my community is online. <laughs> so we can... Focus on being truly helpful, going where we're guided and directed. I've certainly been guided and directed here. So he says in this section, those who would see, will see, and they will join with me in carrying their light into the darkness when the darkness in them is offered to the light and is removed forever. My need for you joined with me in the holy light of your relationship is your need for salvation. Would I not give you what you gave to me? For when you joined your brother, you answered me. So Jesus' answered prayer is when we join with our brothers and sisters to recognize the light in each other. He says, in paragraph 7, you who are now the bringer of salvation have the function of bringing light to darkness. The darkness in you has been brought to light. Carry it back to darkness from the holy instant to which you brought it. We are made whole in our desire to make whole. We are made whole in our desire to make whole. So what I feel in that, what the, the insight that I get from Jesus when I say those words, we are made whole in our desire to make whole. So our desire to make whole, to make what whole? What I get instantly is the kingdom, right? To bring everybody home in their awareness so that the Son of God, which is humanity, knows its oneness. That's the atonement. No separation. Never was, never could be, never will be. To bring everybody home. So, we are made whole in our desire to make whole. So one of the things that happens in our journey of salvation, being the salvation of the world, fulfilling our function, as A Course in Miracles talks about it, in, in this, 
journey, the thing that is so powerful is when we recognize that our healing is transpiring in our willingness to see our brothers and sisters as one with us and in our responsibility, taking responsibility for contributing to their ability to see their perfection and their wholeness. And how do we do that? We do it by seeing it for them and with them so that they can see it too. Now, one of the really cool things about this is, because we do all share the same mind, is in seeing my brothers and sisters' wholeness and perfection, they are going to mirror back to me my own perfection and wholeness. So if I'm judging them, they're mirroring back to me my self-judgment. If I see the perfection, the beauty, the wholeness in them, they're mirroring back to me my beauty, my wholeness, my perfection. This is how it works. It's very sweet. It's very powerful. And it's very simple. So in this, right, he says, let not time worry you. For all the fear that you and your brother experience is really past. Catch this. Time has been readjusted to help us do together what your separate pasts would hinder. You have gone past fear, for no two minds can join in the desire for love without love's joining them. When our mind is focused on love, there's no worry, because we cannot ride two horses at the same time. We can't go down two opposing paths at the same time. Right? So we can't be in prayer. We can't be expanding our awareness and playing small at the same time. We can't be in lack and limitation and openness and receptivity at the same time. We have to choose one direction to focus on. So our brothers and sisters, when they're challenging us, when our heart is challenged to love them, to open in compassion and willingness to understand, to extend love to them, that's when everyone is having a healing. Everyone in the sonship, right there in those moments. We have a tendency to run away from those moments. Think of uh, all the stories and movies, all the books and movies and plays that have ever been written about the person who is closed-hearted and closed-minded who suddenly has to deal with somebody in their life that needs their help. And they want to turn away from them. They want to get away from them. They're bothersome. They're annoying. They're not their problem. I have my own problems. You have to take care of yourself. But something in their heart won't let them walk away and leave them. And it's funny. I haven't seen this movie since I was a child, I don't think. But this is what keeps coming to me. The movie The Quiet Man with uh, John Wayne. (laughs) It's funny. I don't... I really barely remember that movie. But anyway, um, it came so, so strong. So maybe it means something to someone to go watch that movie. I'm going to go watch it again, see if I can find it on YouTube or something like that. I wish Netflix had all those old, old movies. You could watch them on demand. I lo- When I was a kid, uh, it's probably too much information, but when I was a kid... Um, because I'm 60 years old now, so I was a kid in the 60s and in the 70s, and uh, we uh, we didn't pay for the TV Guide magazine or anything like that. We didn't have money for stuff like that. Plus, my ter- parents weren't 
TV watchers. But I, we would get the Sunday paper that had the TV guide in it. And I would literally go through that TV guide and I would circle all the movies that interested me. And then I would find when they were going to play and see if I could find when they were on the weekend. And so I would watch all these, uh, they were old then, Jack Lemmon movies, Walter Matthau movies, um, John Wayne movies. Uh, Jimmy Stewart was my all-time favorite. I loved Humphrey Bogart. And I loved Betty Bacall and um, Betty Davis and Joan Croft. I watched all those movies as a kid. I loved them so, so much. They're classic stories. They're classic stories of egotistical people who are confronted with their ego and they either are crushed by their ego or they have to open their heart. Right? Those are classic stories. I love, 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 love classic stories. So, and this is the story of our life, right? So, when someone is bothersome, they're a pain in the butt, right? They're difficult and challenging. Believe me, when I started as a spiritual counselor, I had a lot of clients that were difficult, really challenging. And, uh, I had to open my heart to them and really welcome them into my heart and see them with no judgment, no complaint whatsoever, or I couldn't help them. And this is what Jesus is telling us here. And trust me, this is how you get to peace of mind. This is how you do it. To be, and I can honestly say, That the people I know in my life, and I know a lot of them now because of my Masterful Living classes, because of my Finding Freedom classes, because of the retreats that I've done. And I've got my Stop Playing Small retreat happening online. So cool. It's one of my favorite retreats because spiritual students are often playing small. So check that out. It's the first two weekends in June. We're going to do it online, three hours a day. (laughs) it's going to be fun and so healing and people who can't travel now they don't have to spirit is working it out for us we're making the most of it so what what I've seen in my life is people who are really they come into classes with me and they're really really challenged by stuff in their family their marriages, their children, their parents, all that stuff, really, really intensely challenging, right? And through the spiritual practices, applying the teachings of A Course in Miracles in very clear ways, using the tips and the tools that I share with them that have been given to me by Spirit and their the practices of A Course in Miracles, by actually working them together with other people in our groups, what happens is not only do they come to peace of mind, their loved ones, their co-workers, their friends and neighbors have tremendous healing as well. And that eliminates the worry. It brings peace to our minds. Because what happens is in the active practice, you know, and sometimes it takes a couple of years to really feel like you've reached that tipping point. But so what? That's how I felt. So what if it takes me a couple of years? But when I really realized, okay, yeah, this is going to take some time for me because I'm stubborn I'm very, very, very stubborn, and I love my opinions and judgments. You know, uh, it's not that it had to take time, but I just realized if it does take time, if this takes me a few years, that'll be the best use of my next few years that I could possibly imagine because it will bring peace to my mind. And that's been my experience. So, because I labored for decades trying to figure it out, trying to make it happen, thinking that if I could change things in the world, if I could rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic, then I'd be happy. But when I started, when I just said, okay, forget it. Let's just work on my awareness. 
Let's work in the invisible in my mind. And let me really give everything over to the Holy Spirit. That is the thing that made all the difference. So this is what he's saying here. You are now the bringer of salvation. You have the function of bringing the light to the darkness. If we're not living that function, taking the light back to the darkness in our relationships, if we're not willing to make the most of our relationships, every single challenge in our relationship, if we're not willing to do that, then we're just going to be floating around in the ocean of misery instead of the ocean of devotion, right? The Dead Sea, probably a better analogy. So how beautiful is it? We are made whole in our desire to make whole. So let us do that. Let us put our attention on that. Yes, yes. I would like to take this moment to thank people who are writing reviews for this podcast. The more reviews you write, the more it will be shown to people. And don't forget, if you're on an iTunes device, there are two podcasts. There's the A Course in Miracles and the A Course in Miracles Archive. So in order to get the first, uh, you know, to get all 400 and whatever shows, you need both podcasts if you're on an iTunes device. And thank you to all the people who make donations, which make this show possible. Thank you to all the people who are showing up to Sundays with Spirit. Karen J. Gardner is the speaker this week. I know it's going to be awesome. She's been a guest on the show a couple of times. And don't forget, too, you can sign up again for the Course in Miracles text messages, acimtexts.com or jenniferhadley.com for all the news and all the things that I'm offering. I'm so grateful to place my hand on my heart once again and take this breath of love and gratitude and partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and know that all is well. We choose peace, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Sharing the benefits with all. I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah. 